0: coming up
1: on verse chorus verse we've decided to discuss and solve both the south african and libyan crisis we're going to dissect
0: <laughs> 1986 desire, <laughs>
1: Welcome to Verse Chorus Verse, episode fifty nine.
0: I am DL. With me is Evil, the Battery, Jimmy. Evil, how are you? I'm really good. Uh, I like this music that we're going to talk about quite a bit.
1: <laughs> no. So I'm just you
0: imagine that
1: I wanted so bad to get the rights to peace Cells for the <sighs> very beginning of this. You know, the MTV news, like yes, back in the MTV day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That
0: baseline. Dun, I, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah.
1: I wanted to get, I, but there's no way it's Capitol records. So. Oh, of course. Nope. God, I'm bummed though. That'd be such a good intro. 1986. I think we say this every time. What a crazy year, <laughs> but every year is so different. We started with 97, which was very random and a very specific time and place in music yes when you hear songs you know exactly what year mm-hmm. then we did 69 which was just crazy talent everywhere yeah then we did 78 which was just incredible music everywhere. shockingly good yeah. yeah and now we're on 86 which is kind of a m- everything <laughs> it's great it's terrible it's yeah. everything you could possibly imagine cocaine I think. So much. <laughs> yeah. So much cocaine. I think we have cocaine to blame <laughs> for 1986 in music. What was your prep like getting ready for 86?
0: When you informed me that this was the year we're doing for this episode, I was beyond stoked because I was like lobbying for 86 because it's some of my favorite music. Yeah. However... We were set to record this a couple of weeks ago, was it? Yeah, like nine days or something like that. Yeah, I was stoked to listen to this music. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into work. And yeah. what I realized was, like, I just want to listen to this music. I don't want to like examine and tear things apart and dive into new stuff. I just wanted to listen to the 1986 music that I know and love. And it became like difficult. I'm like, oh man, it was more of a chore than anything. Okay. However in that process, something happened that we'll talk about. It gave me more time just to kick back and listen to the music Mm -hmm. and not have to, like basically cram right up until the episode. And so I got that out of it. And so everything worked out in the end. Awesome. Except for, I'm very confused now because my opinions have changed and having more time exposed to some of the stuff I wasn't exposed to has changed a lot as well. So I'm So,
1: you know, the same exact thing happened to me, probably in different types of music. I started with a very, very specific way that I was going to go about dissecting this year. And then after Mm -hmm. taking a week to, you know, I did a lot of flying and I was was doing a lot of stuff. I had a lot of time to listen to music and I did. I listened to a ton of this stuff. The same thing, my opinion really started to change on it. We're going to have a lot to talk about and a lot to... Oh, yeah. It's funny because I, I feel like you and I have the same opinions on this music, but at the same time, completely disagree on probably <laughs> a lot of it.
0: <laughs> well, that, that could be perspective, too. Yes. Like, I mean, I literally lived through this music as like a 9 and 10-year-old kid with older siblings who this was like their music when they were in high school. Yeah. You know? So for me, it I probably have a different nostalgic lens that I'm looking back on a lot of it through. Probably.
1: I'm trying to think of something in my childhood that would equate something like color me bad, which is just yeah. terrible, terrible music. <laughs> but if I hear color me bad, it's probably going to make me pretty happy. Cause be like, Oh to sex yeah, somebody up. exactly. <laughs> Fifth grade David that had no idea what the fuck that meant. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're doing. We're going over 1986. And music, just so much going on this year. Oh, my God. So much. Before we get into that, just a little bit of a breakdown of what was going on in 1986. All you people, so you can kind of get a feel for the historical part of of what was going on in this place and time. Really, I would say just watch American Psycho, and you can kind of (laughs) get get a feel for, for it. But the biggest stories in news in 1986 are as follows. A little bit fitting right now, but the Soviet nuclear reactor at Chernobyl explodes. Oh, wow. That was 1986. The Challenger disintegrated, killed Mm
0: -hmm. all seven
1: astronauts, like 73 seconds off the ground, and it exploded.
0: Including a school teacher.
1: Yep. Not cool. Not cool at all. Oprah Winfrey show debuts nationally. I think at that time it was more of like a Jerry Springer. (laughs) (laughs) your man cheated sort of show
0: oh yeah people
1: totally is people forget bill burr has a great bit on that that's hilarious because people forget that oprah winfrey was for like 15 years she was fucking ricky lake
0: basically oh yeah it was like maury Povich. yeah jerry springer yeah totally (laughs) she helped create that genre she definitely did Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: And then last, Comet Haley reaches the closest point to the Earth during its second visit to the
0: solar system. I stayed up to watch that as a, I think I was a nine-year-old. I fell asleep being nine. I didn't know when to set the alarm. I think I set it for like 5 a.m. Well, it was in the middle of summer and the sun was already coming up and I totally missed it.
1: Oh, I know, right? And then... What was the name of the people that, no, that's Hail bop That's Hail bop
0: <laughs> With the tennis shoes and yes. the whatever. The Kool-Aid or... The Kool-Aid. Were they Kool-Aid
1: too? Or am Probably. I thinking of Jonestown? I don't, it's, it's great, yeah. great content. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look up a picture of that guy. The yeah. The Hail bop guy, dude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> top movies of 1986, which really makes sense when you start thinking about their music. The top three, grossing, domestic box office. Top Gun, no big surprise there, <laughs> Crocodile Dundee, and The Karate Kid Part 2. Part 2? Not Part 3. I've been, yeah.
0: been watching Cobra Kai. Yeah, so you have. That's, uh that's relevant. Have you gotten to like Season 3 yet? I'm on Season 4. It's like kid drama. It's, it's total drama. It gets back on the rails. Season 4 is better. Are you sure? Yeah. Because I stopped watching, it was like, "Oh my God, these kids came and did this. Let's
1: go beat them up." And then yeah. the next, and then the other one's like, "Oh no, they they tried to beat us up. Let's go beat them up." And yeah, then
0: some kid breaks his neck. And it's Days of Our I'm Lives like, with fighting.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, it's not good.
0: <laughs> like with poorly choreographed martial arts. Um, yeah. No, season four is better. What are we drinking
1: tonight? Ooh. We're 1986. I am very unexciting tonight, so I'm going to start. I do have stuff to shoot just in case something happens where I have to shoot, but I am drinking water tonight. I am kind of on a little bit of a drink break, not any specific reason. I've just been sluggish lately and trying to do a little bit of a reset. I gained like the COVID 80 pounds and (laughs) (laughs) so I'm drinking water and eating chicken and just trying to get myself to fucking (laughs) feel better in the morning. Evil looks like he's
0: drinking something very yummy. Oh, it's it's very good. Uh, I have a quick question. Yes, sir. Do I get an embargo on the shot for this episode since
1: I I have to talk
0: about the VH quite a bit?
1: That's a good question. Do we do parlay? Because there's also mine. Okay, how about let's make a deal? Yes. You can bring up VH as much as you want in this episode. I can bring up... The man in purple, as much yeah. as I want in this episode. I, I feel
0: like in and years where they have albums, it should be. We get a break. However, listeners, they should take shots anytime we oh. say those. They do not get exactly. a break. Exactly. That's true. In fact, they should take That's double. true. You do not get a break. Yes. Van Halen Van Halen Prince Prince Prince
1: <laughs> Oh it feels good to say
0: <laughs> What do you what do you got there Ooh so I have a I don't even know if it has a name it's a it's a it's too clear. sort of a margarita-ish drink I found mm. a recipe online I have two bottles of ancho reyes and ancho reyes verde they're um, pepper liqueurs mm. they're really good And so this is a kind of a margarita made with ancho reyes verde instead of Cointreau.
1: Is it like lime and agave?
0: Yeah. So it's an ounce of tequila. Well, actually two ounces of tequila, two ounces of ancho reyes verde. I made a double. An ounce of each, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, a little over a quarter ounce of agave.
1: Yeah, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Usually the interviews are on weekdays, not usually the fun episodes, but hey, we'll make it work. Damn straight we will. We are gonna take a break and then we are going to come back and talk about the mid-80s birdie in the hand for the lives, which
0: demand the insurgency began and we missed it.
1: back. 1986. If you haven't listened to one of these before where we talk about the years, we will talk about what we think about the year. We'll take turns doing that. We have some awards and categories where we talk about best albums, best songs, that sort of thing. We have a predetermined top 10 albums of the year where we negotiate for a few weeks before a top 10 list with each other. For this one, probably six or so that were on both of ours.
0: Yeah, I was surprised at how aligned we were. Yeah,
1: there wasn't a lot of arguing, but I think there was more back and forth trying to decide this top 10 than there have been Maybe since like 69.
0: Well, there was some stuff that I was not necessarily not aware of, but I didn't have a lot of experience listening to uh, you that. Me too. I was like shocked by it. I'm like, holy, okay, this needs to be there and lobbied for one of those.
1: There were a couple that I didn't know the history behind. Mm-hmm. There was a couple, I think for each of us, we mentioned this, an album to the other, go check it out again. And then 15 minutes later, the other person wrote back. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this needs, yeah. This needs to be on there. Right. So the first thing we're going to do, and the reason that I bring that up now, the top 10 list is because it's a little bit cheating, but what we need to do is we need to guess each other's favorite album (sighs) of the year. My question, Evil, is this. The last episode we did was Peter Gabriel's So. Yeah. We did this on purpose because it is a 1986 album and I didn't want to spend 45 minutes of this episode talking about it. Does Peter Gabriel So count?
0: Okay. Two part answer yes but i think it's less interesting if it does
1: i agree and i also feel like Like, that's kind of ruining things because i think i just gave away what my answer would be (laughs) if it's allowed i I say
0: if that's your favorite (laughs) album you note that but how about i have a different top three or a top three without it in it and i'll guess i'll guess from those i like
1: that i am going first and this is kind of cheating because we've talked about it but it's also not i think this is just a pinnacle of a friendship test that I just know you and I know this has to be what it is. It's the album sitting right behind me. It's got to be Master of Puppets.
0: That's got to be your favorite album of that's the year. A pretty I would be shocked solid if guess. I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a year with a Van Halen album. That's a good guess. What do you think is my favorite album? This is tough. I'm going to
1: say The Smiths. The Queen Is Dead. Yeah. It's a good album. It's definitely around here somewhere. Those are our favorites, Master Puppets and The Queen is Dead. We'll see how right or wrong we are. Let's talk about 1986. Why don't you start? I have a feeling that this is just going to be a lot of back and forth and not so much a one person (laughs) express their thoughts and then the other. Sure. So why don't you start and I'll butt in when I feel like it.
0: Going back to me wanting to do this year. I have fond memories of it. My birthday's in September, so I was nine through most of the year. Mm -hmm. I remember a lot of this music, a lot of the music videos. It's just a part of, it's in my DNA. I get put in a good mood when I hear... Wang Chung, come on the radio, or the radio, come on, whatever. I don't listen to the radio anymore. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back, Your like... 1986 Spotify playlist. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun year of music. Very. I was kind of convinced that it was going to be a very fun experience, but I wouldn't be finding a lot of music that broke new ground. I was really surprised that there is a whole bunch of music i would consider to be Mm -hmm. groundbreaking it wasn't what i was aware of at the time when you know a nine-year-old's not listening to underground no hardcore Hardcore like that or hardcore yeah, sure, or. right
1: you know, you just taught me that fucking Wang Chung was 1986, I did not <laughs> I didn't know that until this moment Really, it doesn't surprise me at all but yeah, I had not found everybody Wang Chung tonight, that song, everybody have
0: fun everybody have fun tonight, everybody Wang Chung tonight yeah, I, I found
1: <laughs> thank you for just reading out the lyrics, we were all very confused <laughs> as to what song I was talking about <laughs> You do that again. Everybody Wang Chung. Everybody have fun.
0: Everybody have fun. Everybody Wang Chung. I like
1: that. Thank you.
0: I've seen that being at the top of the list of being the worst song ever made. I think that's That's unfair. That's That's a great song. That's a fun song. It's cheesy 80s pop, but it's a Mm -hmm. fun song. So three songs to me, and one of them is obviously great. We talked about it last episode, but Wang Chung, Everybody Have Fun, Big Time, Peter Gabriels. Yeah. Huey Lewis, hip to be square. <laughs> yeah. Those three songs, throw those in a playlist and set like a streaming radio station on those. You're going to have the time of your life. It's going to be a lot of fun music. Yep. That's what I was kind of expecting diving into 1986 was kind of that stuff. I knew there was Van Halen. I knew there was David Lee Roth's first full length solo album. I knew there was other stuff that I just listened to mm-hmm. regularly, but then I started diving in and holy buckets man in the metal sphere yeah this is a beyond the obvious beyond the, the slayer metallica megadeth releases i feel like i like leveled up like i got bestowed some sort of new degree of metal shamanism <laughs> or something and i was i feel like an archaeologist who's unearthed all of this like ancient metal knowledge it's <laughs> Crazy how much good metal music was released this year. Yep. We don't have time to go into it. It's, just, it's impossible. Name like three. But, mm-hmm. Well, th- there's the big three. Metallica Slayer. Yeah, besides, besides those three. Creator. Mm-hmm. German thrash metal band. Their album Pleasure to Kill came out hugely influential. Mm-hmm. There was a great comment I found some A precious shitstorm of metal, <laughs> which is one of the best descriptors <laughs> I've ever heard. This is so hard. You're making this so hard on me, limiting me. Woohoo! You've put Baby in the Corner. We'll go with St. Vitus, Born Too Late. Okay. Sludge Metal, Doom Metal, hugely influential. And let's end with, because I want to save one of these. It's Dark Angels, Darkness Descends. The first band that Gene Hoagland, the drummer Gene Hoagland, was in, who anybody who knows metal knows Gene Hoagland. He's often referred to as the Atomic Clock. He's one of the best metal drummers. Ooh. And his list of albums that he's on is... Ridiculous. He's played with Death. He's played with um, Strapping Young Lad, Devin Townsend. He's all over the place. And that album's pretty badass. So those are my three. All right. Yeah. Metal. Holy hell. So I think good. a huge
1: part of that. I agree. The metal albums, and I only really know the basics, which are the, you know, the Megadeth that came out this year, the Slayer that came out this year, the Metallica, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. They came out with stuff too this yeah. year. Yeah. Which isn't really Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. They're kind of, maybe Judas Priest a little more than Iron Maiden, but they're kind of formulaic. Like if you like one
0: album, sure. you're probably going to like well, most of their albums. I have thoughts on the Judas Priest. I have thoughts on both of those albums.
1: I, I'll, I'll save. So I do too. So I'm going to, the reason why I bring all this up is because if you go to a 1986 playlist, like a pop playlist, like Spotify, just 1986 pop songs or whatever, it's fucking rough, man. <laughs> it's, it's really fucking rough yeah. to listen to. This was right before GNR came out with Appetite for Destruction. A few years before the Mud Honeys came along. To me, this is the pinnacle year of why that happened. (laughs) I think this was like right around when... This is when glam metal became fucking... It, It has a reputation of being terrible. When you think 80s glam metal, hair bands... There's a ton of good music, there really is, but it has a reputation for being terrible. And I think that it's because of a lot of music that came out now. You have and I'm sorry, Evil, I know you have a soft spot for this, but you have Look With the Crat dragged in by Poison, which just look at the fucking cover that oh, album. I know.
0: And <laughs> that is the guiltiest of pleasures. Right.
1: Motley Crue came out with Theatre of Pain, which I think is I think is their mm-hmm. worst album.
0: Yeah. Well, Generation Swine is terrible, but uh, that's a whole different, that's a different era. That's like meth- Of their classic era. This yeah. Is, that's their worst. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's well put. I know that this isn't a terrible album, but for me, it's a terrible fucking album. And I do think once again, it's to blame for a lot of the market correction of, okay, we need to do something about this. And that is a uh, slippery when wet by Bon Jovi. Yeah. White Snake came out with their self-titled album. Dio came or had just come out with Dream Evil, which I think sucked. Aerosmith in '85 came out with the comeback, which is fucking terrible. <laughs> Kiss had stopped wearing makeup. Yeah, Alice Cooper was coming out with a bunch of crap until Trash, which is actually probably that's just guilty pleasure. But I love that album, Trash. But before that, he was coming out with some super like neon '80s stuff. Ozzy Osbourne came out with Ultimate Sin yeah. and uh, No Rest for the Wicked, which I don't think is very good. There's just Judas Priest Turbo, which I, it's funny. I remember the album cover for Turbo because one
0: of the first album covers I ever saw Yeah, Judas Priest fans will probably hunt me down and lynch me for this. That's my favorite Judas Priest album. Is it? It is. It's not their best for sure. It's my favorite because of nostalgia. I remember like hanging out with my older brother and his friends and listening to that and thinking it's so cool. But that was their sellout album. Yeah. That's like where they put synthesizers yes. in their music and were writing hard rock instead of metal and stuff that would get played on the radio. And I still love it. Some of those songs are so, like I said, this a lot of this music's in my DNA. Well, and
1: some of the songs, they are. They're fun. That's the word that keeps coming up. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's so fun. I completely agree. And while the, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of music on those albums that are fun to listen to, it's not good music. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. where the market started correcting to, yeah. You had your metal that started being fucking awesome because right. you had the people that were trying to get away from that. You had, let's talk about the hip hop albums that came out. Dude. Run DMC, License to Ill, Curtis Blow, Janet Jackson, Salt and Peppa, Straight Out of Compton was just coming out. It was just about to come out, I think. Takes a Nation was just about to come Close, out. Yep. L.L. Cool J came out in 87. Yep. Too short. Hip hop. Metal, all these college rock, R.E.M., the Smiths, all that. This is when glam rock was the not cool thing anymore. <laughs> That's it was, kind of what 1986.
0: It, it was still cool in 86. It's like the wave, peak of the wave before it starts to break and hit the shore. Yeah. It's like, this is the yeah. last hurrah. You can see the end. Yes.
1: I think yeah. all those dudes turned on. Raising Hell by Run DMC and Master Puppets, and we're like, oh fuck, we're 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 (laughs) done. (laughs) Like we are no longer badasses. (laughs) Like yeah you know what the funny thing though that i did realize is because i don't think the iron maiden or the judas priest from this year is that good but i love them yeah studying for this year made me realize that i haven't definitely haven't heard them all but i'm not sure there's a judas priest or an
0: iron maiden that i don't like yes it's fun it's good (laughs) i think somewhere in time is a good iron maiden (laughs) album it's just like number of the beast like how do you contend with those albums you know yeah it's hard to do that but i think that album is actually a good album turbo's Probably objectively not the greatest album, but fuck I love it. It's I it is my favorite. I love (laughs) it. Is Turbo Lover on that? Yes.
1: That's a fun song. That song's so fun. Yeah, I know. Is it a guilty pleasure or do you think it's just good in
0: David Lee Roth's album this year? Uh, both. Okay. As a whole album, his next album, Skyscraper's probably better, Mm -hmm. but fucking yankee rose is a jam and come on like (laughs) yankee rose is so old school van Halen. exactly i think that's yeah it's up and down but the ups are so good i mean steve i greg bissonette and billy sheehan might be the greatest power trio that ever recorded music that hit charts yeah they're shredding seriously through the whole thing now do they write the greatest music uh i mean But you got Shy Boy, you got Tobacco Road. There's some great songs on there. And it's Mm -hmm. so very David Lee Roth. Yeah. But it's also Guilty Pleasure, too.
1: That's kind of my big takeaway from 1986. When people think of bad hair metal, (laughs) I think this is like the perfect year for that. And all this shit I'm talking about, this music, those nine albums I read off. Man, any of those songs come on at a bar in 1 a.m. And I'm going to be belting those songs. Yes.
0: Rocking out. You will disagree with it, but even like the Poison and the Bon Jovi, I think this music is, I'm not going to say it's like pushing boundaries and groundbreaking and whatever. It's good, fun music that inspired a whole bunch of shit that came after it. Yeah. Like the imitators that tried to, they're like, this is popular, this is selling. Those bands are the garbage.
1: When there's a reason that Bon Jovi "Slippery When Wet" is how many millions of people love that album? Oh, dude, you know, yeah, it, it's a me thing on that more than it, it's a, <laughs> it's something that's wrong. But there's something about Bon Jovi, man. I don't fucking know what it is. Uh, you're not riding a steel horse? No, no, not yeah. with the feathered hair. No. Yeah. I don't- <laughs> It gets really murky around 1986 to figure out the difference between like glam rock glam metal. Yeah. What is Ozzy Osbourne at that time? And Uh,
0: and, (laughs) David Lee Roth's a perfect example of that early Van Halen. Awesome. That's just objectively good music. Find someone who knows about music and they look at those first few Van Halen albums. They might not like them, but you have to objectively be like, that's good music. Mm -hmm. Then Roth became a caricature of himself. Yes. Ozzy was kind of doing the same thing a little bit. Judas Priest did that. Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper did that. All, all of these, I have a theory. This is the peak of the 80s. 86 is. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about politics and the socioeconomics of the 80s, it was very excess cocaine, money, 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 Wall Street. Yep. And then October of the next year, 1987, is Black Friday. The, the stock market crashes and everything goes to hell. And that was like the end of that. Big bubble, immediate end. It's like yeah, like hard stop. Mm-hmm. And so, culture and music that sprung out of that is kind of what the golden era of the early '90s, I think, yeah, is a reaction to this.
1: That's I think I already brought it up. But appetite for destruction is kind of the symbol of yep. that. I think a lot of people yep. see that yep. as the turn from '1980s, let's do coke and make money and fuck women to sure we're doing heroin
0: and we're dying. <laughs> It's fun music, Run-DMC. No one's going to tell you that Beastie Boys' debut Mm -hmm. and that Run-DMC album aren't fun. But they're very self-aware. They're very cynical and crafted in a way. It's almost like they're poking fun at the culture. So
1: we're a year
0: into Public Enemy. So
1: hip-hop was starting to get a lot more real, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Metal was. The punk scene was starting to grow again. You had all the Husker dues, yeah, a band that I knew, but an album that I hadn't really paid any mind to until you brought it up to me is that big black album, Atomizer. You had stuff like that, which was just amazing and angry, and I don't even know how to categorize that album. Yeah,
0: that's something else. That, that one is one that I had never heard of before, never, it wasn't even on my radar and blew me away, completely blew me away. The track Kerosene mm-hmm. on there is everything that Pressure Machine was trying to be <laughs> and had swagger and did it right in just a few minutes. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> Pressure machine is gonna get shat on every single episode this season, I think. <laughs> this was also the start of hip hop overtaking rock. Yeah. The, yeah. This was when MTV you started seeing a teeny bit less of the rock, the single person singing their ballad or whatever, mm-hmm. and you started seeing a ton of Run DMC and, and Beastie Boys and I think this was the first real year that hip hop was really
0: fucking cool. Yeah. This struck me today. There's like a deliberate bridge. I don't know if it was intentional. The Aerosmith album this year or the year before, was, but you've got Run DMC collaborating with Aerosmith and Walk This Way. The Beastie Boys album, I don't know if you owe this to them or or Rick Rubin, who's genius, and we can talk more about him because he has his fingers in a lot of stuff this year. The formula: Let's spin old Sabbath and Zeppelin tunes and scratch them yep. and rap over them with really clever, tongue-in-cheek, almost caricaturist lyrics. You yeah. know,
1: cool, super heavy guitar riffs behind these awesome hip hop beats. Yeah, who's not going to love that? That's kind of my thoughts on 1986. And I don't know how many times I can use the word "fun."
0: Queen put out an album this year. It was the soundtrack to the Highlander, like sort Highlander. Of Unspoken soundtrack to highlight. put out a good album. It's my favorite Queen album. It's mine I don't too. think it has their best songs, but it's my favorite Queen album. Mm-hmm. And I, like we were t- throwing it around to maybe being on the top 10 at one point, yep. you know? We've talked about it before that Queen doesn't do great albums. No. They do great songs. You kind of touched on this. There's so many big like rock band, metal bands put out albums this year. Journey put out an album this year boston put out an album yeah they did you know rat did rat did rat did this is the year th- that trick-or-treat the movie that we did oh for the halloween shut episode up really Fastway- Holy way yes. the fast way soundtrack oh, oh for my god Trick or Treat was this year <laughs> i gotta change our
1: top 10 now no.
0: <laughs> that's fucking uh, hilarious i did not know that i just love all this music it's so fun it's the funnest year ever
1: that's 1986, short and sweet, but we're going to get to the awards and categories because there are a lot of specific songs and artists that I mm. want to get into that are on going to be on this list. We're going to take a break, we'll be right back. Sweetness, sweetness, I was only joking when I said
0: I like to mash shit in your head. Oh,
1: sweet. we are back. Let's get into some categories for 1986. We're going to start with breakout artist of the year. This was a good year for female rock, chick bands, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Heart was big. It was very mid-80s, but Heart had some cool fucking songs. Didn't Bananarama have a big song? Bananarama. The Venus. I'm your Venus, right? (laughs) Yeah. Bangles had walk like an Egyptian. Yep. Don't know how I feel about that one.
0: (laughs) I like it. Um, Because I sang it in choir in fifth grade. (laughs) There you go.
1: (laughs) My breakout is female bands, essentially. Kind of the four woman female bands. Like I know Heart wasn't all females. Sure.
0: For my breakout, Mm -hmm. Janet Jackson. Control. Nice. That album, it was, I think, her third album, which surprised me. I thought it was her first. But it was her first time working with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yep. And that is literally the blueprint for every single pop song you hear today. Sure is. Choreography, the little vocal inflections. Yeah. It like created the blueprint for pop music moving forward. It
1: is insane that this was janet's album to break away she got out of all business deals with her dad and her brother she was very intent on doing her own thing Mm -hmm. i think that's why she named it control yeah but it's insane that what michael jackson was doing for pop and what janet jackson was doing for pop they were both so massive in such different ways it's crazy that they were brother and sister they weren't doing the same thing. This album is so it's subtle. The vocal cues in it and the layering. The album's fucking crazy. It's, yeah,
0: it's two thirds of it of the songs on it were singles. Mm-hmm. Two thirds of the album were singles. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Which I everybody
1: knows. Nasty, which everybody yep. knows.
0: Yeah. Control the pleasure principle.
1: Yeah. yeah. This it's not even. <laughs> it's, I I really like Janet Jackson. It's not my favorite album of hers, but it's fucking massive it's huge mm-hmm.
0: yeah i would argue her her next album's probably even more influential but this one was the first sort of collaboration with the producers and the, the creation of that sound yes foreshadowing, but uh, that next album that she came out with is going to be
1: talked about on this podcast in a little while. Hmm. A height of power for bands or artists. Uh, what do you have for this one, Evil?
0: I said this already. This is the height of the power for the 80s. It is the peak of the, of the 80s.
1: Cocaine fueled. In so many ways. Wall Street. Yeah. Douchebags. Ferraris. Yep. And yep. The
0: stock market crashes
1: like on the horizon. I said, and this is going to give us some people to talk about, white dude artists artists yeah you have your peter gabriel you have your Huey lewis genesis robert palmer steve winwood all those dudes it was never going to get any better than this year for them peter satara yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) they were back in the high life again genesis is so fucking weird man the album that they came out with this year is so good and so bad (laughs) invisible touch was the album they had land of confusion which is yeah. a fucking cool like the the opening to that song and it's this mm-hmm. big driving kind of angry it's really cool but then they have invisible touch which is this super <laughs> ultimate 80s
0: oh yeah it's Jeez. a pop anthem it's like a 80s sculpted pop anthem yes and then yeah.
1: throwing it all the all away which is this super yeah. soft it's such a weird album it's so it's super weird it, I don't think I like it. I think maybe I just like I Land of Confusion.
0: A lot of the music from this era for me is so intertwined with the music videos, mm-hmm. the Land of Confusion video for listeners who haven't seen that go watch the, the original Genesis creepy, version. Cause it's weird, in the mid late eighties. There was these like puppet things called the real life or spitting or spinning image. image. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And there, there are like caricatures that they'd make fun of politicians and stuff with the, makers of these puppet things made ones for each of them and then ronald and nancy reagan Mm -hmm. it's super topical it's all about the threat of nuclear war and go watch it It's, it's crazy it's such it's a good video this year has two huge bands from the 70s and genesis maybe even earlier was their first yeah i think they were 60s album 69 yeah
1: because Peter Gabriel had been out of Genesis for like ten years when So came out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we have two huge bands, Van Halen and Genesis, with two iconic former lead singers. Each of the bands and each of the former frontmen for the bands put out albums, and all four yeah go bonkers. Yeah, that's true. It's like that's true. <laughs> usually one of them's going to be a dud. One has success and the other does not. But Exactly. This is yeah. an example of at least for a short period of time that can happen. I mentioned this in 1978. There's a sonic quality to the production of the music in that area like the mm-hmm. 78 to 80 The cars and whatever. Blondie kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That I feel like it dates it somewhat but also makes it kind of timeless at the same time. The production value and a lot of the music in this part of the 80s feels very dated. Yes. It's not good. It's like too digital. Yes. Or too, I don't know. That fucking 80s snare that you just hear everywhere.
1: Yeah. We'll call it the Phil Collins snare.
0: (laughs) That causes things to age more poorly than I think they should have.
1: Let's go to hidden gems, underrated albums, albums that took indie roles, Was there anything that you hadn't really listened to or heard of? I feel like there's a couple of
0: these for both of us. Yeah. What do you got for these? I can't remember the final order of our top 10 list. So there might be one or two (laughs) that don't make it there. I, I like peeled some veil back and I found like a treasure trove of awesome stuff. And I have a list of probably thirty albums. I'm just going to talk about two of them because I think they're awesome. Oh, thank God! No, I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to do that. I, we can, you're going to rattle off thirty I albums? Could, I could spend a year go like diving into all of this music easily. <laughs> the two outside of the ones that we mentioned before, there's a band called Just Sword, not The Sword, which is oh. a, like a. It's like there's more no recent... way that Sword. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. This band is just called Sword, and they have an okay. album called Metalized. It sounds like an amalgamation they're Canadian everything from the 80s in terms of like hard rock and metal it sounds a little bit like Iron Maiden a little bit like accept a little bit like you just you name it there's a little bit of something in there that these guys sound like and it's all pretty good it's just nothing really stands out to the point. I can see why they maybe didn't take off completely. How did you even find this? This is like, it barely has a fucking Wikipedia page. I know. I went down <laughs> a deep dive. That one was super fun That's to find. Funny. And then the second one was their <laughs> debut. So it's the band's name Crimson Glory, and it's a self titled debut, Crimson Glory, that I fucking love. And I think that is the hidden gem for me for the year. So I think
1: that a lot of, maybe not so much the Smiths, but this was a really good year for, co- I don't know, what do you wanna call it, college rock? Sure. I'll start with the one that I hadn't really listened to until I started researching for this, and it made its way onto, I'll just say it, it made it way onto one of my favorites. I've been I've listened to this album a lot the last few weeks and I love it, which is the Talk Talk album. Mm. It's such a good album, and I knew Talk Talk was awesome, But this album is so good. And then we can kind of touch on this now and have this talk. Because I think one of the bands that you and I in this podcast are going to most disagree on for (laughs) however long this podcast goes is R.E.M. Yeah. (laughs) Um, R.E.M. came out with Life's Rich Pageant. This year, which I really, really like their first albums, uh, what like dead letter office and murmur. I I don't love, they're good. I don't love them. This was the first REM album that I really, really, really like. Okay. I think that it's underrated. I think that it helps start the whole college rock thing. Yeah. So I have two questions for you. The first question, which might
0: be a long answer. Do you hate REM? I don't like their music. Now (laughs) let me qualify that. I will give them the same credit that I will hold anyone who, like I said previously, has any knowledge of music to early Van Halen era. You don't have to like it, but you have to respect it. Mm -hmm. You just have to. That's how I feel about R.E.M. as a band. I don't like their music. I think they're a great band. I think they write great albums and have great songs. Gotcha. Some I like. It's just not your jam. No, it's not my thing.
1: Yeah for the
0: most part you know the fucking nerds
1: that even in like the 90s vinyl was just completely unpopular nobody was buying vinyl anymore right maybe like 2000 is better yeah like nobody's buying vinyl but there were still these nerds that would go into record stores looking for old like original release rem and smith's albums like i feel like that's that music yeah this is a fun one Evil, looking back on 1986, what is your theme song for that year? Big time. <laughs> Rachel's
0: favorite song. <laughs> I think it epitomizes, like we said in, in that episode, he's like poking fun at it. Yes. Like he's parodying the time and even himself making this huge pop album, you know? Yeah. It's very self-aware, which I think is similar to what the hip hop albums we're going to talk about are doing as well.
1: Yep. I love that answer. If you did not listen to the last episode, Peter Gabriel, so go back and check it out. Rachel evil. And I talk about it. We all three just loved that album. All three of our favorite song was big time. <laughs> we all just really, really loved that song. My theme song for the year, which we touched on, but we can talk about it a little bit more. I mean, we did touch on already is walk this way. Nice. It almost seemed like Aerosmith knew. Yep what was coming and was like if we want to be cool yeah we got to we got
0: we to play with these black guys if we're going to still be cool at all they, that was a savvy move on their part <laughs>
1: and it was savvy for Run-DMC too because how much very radio yeah. play did that get? like how much how many
0: times we're talking about so, it exactly. right now
1: i wasn't watching mtv until probably the late 80s early 90s and i've seen that music video 8 trillion times yeah
0: i own that vinyl from back then to this day. It's one of the few actual records that I, was I say, own how many vinyls do you own? Not many. Yeah, you I see. have like the original Star Wars soundtrack, that, a bunch of Elvis.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's my theme song for the year. And I do, I like that song. I am very, very weird about Aerosmith. A couple of their albums I actually really love. Yep. But they also, boy, it's so easy to hate Steven Tyler sometimes. <laughs> 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 well God, they, they stopped
0: writing their own music <laughs> and decided to make money off of soundtracks yeah. and crying amazes super crazy yeah but you know anyway sweet emotion that's a jam man yeah fucking permanent yeah. vacation <sighs> pump they have
1: really cool fucking albums yeah evil what's the worst album of the year the worst can i just start yes please do you know who i have to shit on right poison no bon jovi no no. Who do I have to shit on? Actually, I haven't shit on them for like two or three episodes, so I've got to shit on them. Don't do I've, it. The poor fucking Rolling Stones fans that I cannot uh. believe still listen to this. <laughs> Dirty Work is a terrible fucking album. Oh, man. That's actually not my last. That's not my pick, but oh, whoa! hey, Rolling you Stones just had to fans, get that in there. write me and tell me that Dirty Work is a good album. I dare you. I have three. <laughs> Number two will say is Leather Jackets by Elton John, which mm. I think is probably Elton John's worst album. And I listened to it again just to make sure I got a couple songs in. It is a really terrible, terrible, terrible album. But my number one pick, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this one, it's The Road to Freedom. Do you know who wrote The Road to Freedom? No. Elron Ron Hubbard. <laughs> Elron Hubbard oh, awesome. came out with an album in 1986 called "The Road to Freedom."
0: I feel like that's cheating.
1: <laughs> Go check it out, everybody. The genre is pop. The spectacular new hit album of Scientology songs. Oh my God. The label is Ravenous Music Publishing, produced by Church of Scientology.
0: Oh <laughs> You're kidding?
1: It doesn't. It's not even like produced by some guy or so.
0: It's produced by Church of Scientology. Oh. No answer that I can come up with will be remotely as. (laughs) I was so happy when I found that (laughs) evil who won 1986. It could go so many ways, but I'm going to say that thrash metal won 1986. That's a very evil answer. I have to, because it is the greatest year of thrash metal without a doubt. And yeah. easily, you can make the argument that it's in the top three, if not the top year of metal ever. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. So I'm I'm sticking to my roots here. Oh, that's
1: a good pick. Mine, uh, once again, we already touched on it. Evil has just got a knack for stealing my thunder this year. It's his thing. <laughs> to me, Janet Jackson won oh, 1986. She got out from under her yep. father and brother's shadow. She started doing her own thing. Her own thing was awesome. Control is a terrific album. She proved that she was just as talented. She won, man.
0: She did it. I have something to say about Janet Jackson. Now or later? Like right now. Do it. I feel like she has gotten the short end of the stick here because she was basically cut off from any kind of exposure, media, pop culture, whatever, with the Super Bowl thing. Yep. And yet Justin Timberlake, who was just as much a part of that, continued on, yeah. completely unbothered by... Unscathed. Any of it. Unsullied. completely. I don't think that's fair. It's not fair. I feel like she is a more important artist overall. Vastly culturally more important. And deserves the respect that... I, I think she deserves some retribution, or I don't even know what to say. Like, Yeah, I'm glad you said that, actually. There's and probably... Think- a good factor of racism sexism a number of things involved and i'm not for that who the fuck is justin timberlake like the fuck has justin timberlake done fuck that guy <laughs> especially back then yeah like, that was even before acting career took off and stuff no he was it is now. W- yeah was
1: he uh backstreet Boys? no in sync in sync in sync F- really fucking in sync yeah. Compared to right. Rhythm Nation, like seriously, yeah,
0: I know I don't think it's fair, no. and I think that so. Shout out to Janet; she deserves uh, I, more, better, way more. She deserves better more. from society. I think is yes, yes,
1: and I think
0: there's a documentary coming out on that. Good, hopefully What's, that'll paint it in the right way. Yeah, that that sucked. That sucked. And you know what? If that happened today, no one would give a fuck. If it happened today, today, Justin Timberlake would be in fucking jail. (laughs) He'd be,
1: he'd be me too, right out of the industry. (laughs) Like,
0: for real. (laughs) We might have to do an episode on that super... On what happened... I, that's why I brought it up. It bugs me. It literally had not crossed my mind until doing research for this. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. She basically... Ostracized from the entire industry. Completely. Completely. We might
1: have to do an episode on yeah. that Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake thing. It's not right. Man. Wow. Okay. We're reaching... The end. Each person needs to give their three favorite albums of the year. Do you have
0: any honorable mentions? No, so many. No, I'll give you two. You get two. (laughs) (laughs) Two honorable mentions. uh, Rain and Blood. Okay. Honorable mention. And there's two. uh, I'll just... You can do it. I believe in you. I'll stick with one. I'll just say Rain and Blood is my honorable mention. You're just going to say one. Well, there's too many. I can't pick. Gotcha. It's like Sophie's Choice, man. I can't. (laughs) Just like Sophie's. It's exactly exactly. like Sophie's Choice.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Talk Talk, The Color of Spring. Like I said, I really didn't listen to that much. Uh, until researching this podcast. I have a feeling that maybe this will even be one of the regrets of the year that we do in the finale, that I I have a feeling this might end up being like one of my top three. But for now, Talk Talk is my honorable mention. My other honorable mention is going to be The Queen is Dead (laughs) by The Smiths fuck
0: yeah he lose (laughs) it's
1: it's a really really great album i'm not a massive smiths guy i do really like the smiths they have two or three albums i really love this one i like a lot i would say my top three life's rich pageant is number three by rem it's it's actually one of my favorite rem albums Mm -hmm. it's not in our top 10 list because I made a deal with evil because evil hates them so much that I'm only allowed to have two REM albums on top 10 lists. So I decided I'm not going to do this one. I'm going to save it.
0: I don't hate them that much. Like they could have made the list, but I'm glad that it made room for a couple of albums that I had not listened to before. I
1: would agree with that. What is your third favorite album of 1986?
0: My third favorite album is Run DMC's Raising Hell. Nice. It is one of my two favorite hip hop albums, the other being The Chronic. Love it. If you're going to own a hip hop album on vinyl, that's the one. That is the one
1: maybe it takes a nation hmm. that's yeah. okay well <laughs> that's a good idea for an episode you are only allowed to have 5 albums in a genre sophie's
0: choice man yeah sophie's that's choice that's the title of that episode <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your number 2 my number 2 i had to put a van halen album on my top 3 it's 5150 van hagar it's- it's the best Van Hagar. Some will say that it's the last Van Halen album. It was spillover from the Roth era, and therefore that's the last Van Halen oh, album. Oh, okay. Before okay. Van Hagar. And it, they had already sort of dabbled in writing the mega, the corporate rock mega hits with Jump. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, why can't this be Love yeah, they, th-
1: they started with, yeah. They did a cover of You Really
0: Got Me and, yeah. and Jump. I know. And- I know. Yeah. They've they've always been arena rock. If OU1812 was the Van Halen album this year, it probably wouldn't be on my top 3.
1: So my number 2 is Peter Gabriel's So. Nice. We talked about it in the last it's episode. Two? It's It's your number it's my 2. My number 2.
0: I would have been wrong twice.
1: It's a 10 out of 10 for me. We already talked about it. It's an amazing 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 album. But I felt weird putting it at my number one since we, we just spent two hours gushing on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to my number one album of 1986. When I said that I was studying for this, I was honestly getting bummed out. I was like, this, this year actually fucking sucks. And I was really thinking, because I don't like doing that. I don't like doing an episode where I'm just shitting on everything as much as people think I do. <laughs> I was fucking bummed out. And then Tricky came on, yeah. on the playlist. And then Adidas came on. Yeah. And then Walk the S- Run DMC's Raising Hell is Dude. so fucking good. It is such an amazing album. So I stopped the playlist and I just listened to Raising Hell. And the whole album is just so awesome and fun and great. Mm-hmm. That's my number one.
0: That's a pretty damn good choice. What's yours? It is Master of Puppets. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I am shocked. Arguably is one of if not the best metal album. Start to finish it is so good. It, it is. is their best work hands down.
1: Let's go into top 5 songs. Do you have any honorable mentions? I'm going
0: to give Queen's One Vision an honorable that mention. Is a- because I fucking one love that flesh, song. One, bo- God, yeah, that's a cool, when he cuts in doing that, oh, Dude, I love that. They're like kind of the sweeping intro and then that guitar riff. Talk about like the ultimate UFC walkout song. Holy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. amazing.
1: My honorable mentions are because I didn't put any of the songs that are in our top 10 album list. Songs from those albums I didn't put on here. Yeah. So my quick honorable mentions, you and I have talked so much about big time already. Yeah. Honestly, that would be number one in anything 1986. Same within your eyes, probably. Dear God by XTC. I think XTC Skylarking was our number 11 yeah, for our top for sure. 10 list.
0: Yep. I listened to that. And I was like, oh, this should probably be talked about for the top 10. And it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it. Like I hate R.E.M. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs>
1: There's going to be other years where I'll talk a lot more about XTC. I'm a big XTC fan. I like them a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Skylarking was like our 11th pick. So Dear God
0: was... And In fairness, I'm the one who said to you, like, we might... You messaged me, this. hey, what are your thoughts on Skylarking? Yep. And I just
1: thought you were going to fucking hate it. So I didn't even...
0: <laughs> I didn't even try. So that's how good it was. Even though it's not my thing, I'm like, ah, this we sh- this should be in discussions for our top 10. So my number five is
1: Missionary Man by The Eurythmics. Ooh, good pick. I'm a huge Annie Lennox fan. And yeah. I loved... 1986, The Eurythmics had this cool, twangy, distorted harmonica bluesy thing going on. Hmm. And Annie Lennox was just such a badass. What's your number five? My number five
0: is Yankee Rose, David Lee Roth. <laughs> <laughs> by tribal <laughs> David Lee Roth the purple and yellow don't watch that video just don't Nope. <laughs> <laughs> give me a glazed donut and a bottle of anything to go i think i mixed those up but you get the gist the call response with him and steve i ugh. i guess i will then start
1: with my number four because i did put a van halen song in my top five I am a huge fan of Why Can't This Be Love. It's a great track. Growing up, that was probably one of my three favorite Van Halen songs. It's just catchy as fuck. I it's, love the yep. the cool synth guitar thing that he's doing the whole time. The only thing that bugs me about that, Sammy Hagar, don't fucking scat in front of a goddamn Eddie <laughs> Van Halen guitar solo, please. <laughs> What are you doing? (laughs) Do you think he went in the studio and he did that? And all the producers were like, what What the the fuck fuck is this guy
0: thinking? That's the difference between Roth era and Hagar era right there. What's your number four? My number four is Tesla's cover of Little Susie. It's my favorite Tesla song. And I love Mechanical Resonance. That is a great album.
1: Tesla's debut album was 1986. Yep. You are teaching me. I had no idea.
0: (laughs) I love Tesla. I do too. They get grouped in with hair metal, but they're not. They should not.
1: Tesla was awesome.
0: They're not as hardcore as Guns N' Roses, but they're more of a sleazy, bluesy rock band. Yeah. Like Guns N' Roses than they are a Bon Jovi or a Poison. Yep. Wow. Good
1: pick. Well done. What is your number three? Number three is Tricky. What a fucking
0: good song. Speech is my recital. It was hard to pick a track off of that album. Mm -hmm. I had to have one off there but I think Tricky's the right choice. That song's so good.
1: It's amazing. I really wish I had the rights
0: to that. I was really hoping that you could get the rights to Europe's Final Countdown. Final Countdown?
1: (laughs) I also tried to get Danger Zone. (sighs) Didn't happen. Danger Zone? I actually read an article about all the things that Archer has to go through every time they uh, play Uh. Danger Zone (laughs) yeah so I didn't even there's no way that's hilarious my number three is Absolute Beginners by David Bowie whoa there's nothing more I David Bowie Good did pick. a song called Absolute Beginners for a movie called Absolute Beginners that bombed. <laughs> but this song is awesome. It is a
0: fantastic... I mean, it's David Bowie. Sure. What is your number two? I feel bad for picking this. I feel like I should have done something different here. Uh-oh. My whole list, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, ugh. My number two is big time, Peter Gabriel. I mean, I'm glad... A little on
1: the nose, but... I'm glad one of us is doing it, though.
0: Yeah. It's... it's true we gushed over this everything about this this song <laughs> how long last episode yeah the, it's so good to me it's like a perfect song
1: it really is yeah my number two is don't want to know if you are lonely by husker du. Ooh. i love this song so much it is very mid-80s punk i love the husker Du album that came out this year Don't Wanna Know If You're Lonely is the super, super simple punk. My number one is, and I don't have to drink, but Kiss by Prince. Everything about this song, for some reason, I feel like it shouldn't be As cool as a song as it is. (laughs) Well, that's what he does. It's fucking Prince, man. Yeah. He's singing in this insanely high falsetto. (laughs) It's So Uh, stupid, but it's so good. Yeah. He makes it work. Super sexual, like Mm -hmm. totally opposite of masculine in that he's telling this woman, like, you don't have to be this. You don't have to be this. At the same time, all this other kind of super machismo stuff in music was going on and he's just this skinny little dude (laughs) sexy dancing saying that he just just had it man fucking Prince anytime that song comes on I'm going to finish it and I'm going to sing to it I don't care if I'm in a fucking grocery store (laughs) I don't care if I'm at work if that song comes on I'm singing to that song my number one is kiss by Prince that's a great answer oh my god what is yours and how how it's it's master puppets right (laughs) It is
0: masterful. <laughs> <laughs> How badass is James Hetfield to play that and sing that at, the, sing same at the same time, time? All downpicked, perfect timing. We've listened to the isolated guitar tracks for that. He is a cyborg of some kind.
1: Yes. He's insane.
0: Uh, yeah. I will say my notes for my top five songs with the
1: two honorable mentions. Kiss by Prince may be my favorite song, but it ain't the fucking song I've had in my head for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Master! Master! That's what I've had in my head for three <laughs> three weeks. I, who would argue with that pick? Right. All right. We've got two more things to do. The first thing we need to do is we are going to tell everybody our top 10 albums of 1986 And if we haven't talked about them yet, we will. I think there's only a few that we haven't. Number ten, Atomizer by Big by Black. Big Black, yeah. We very briefly touched on this. Yeah. This is not a well-known punk band out of the '80s, but this album is like something is I've Steve never Steve Albini, heard. Yeah. isn't that? Mm-hmm. Yes. You said it already. It's it's influential to six different genres. Does Nine Inch Nails exist without that? All of the industrials, like the romsteins yeah. and the yeah. So if you have not heard Big Black's Atomizer, which I think I had heard one or two songs from but i did not understand what this album Dude, was it, it until... kicked my
0: ass when i listened to it i saw it on all these lists and i'm like all right i better check this out <laughs> and that tr- yeah kerosene when that track hit i was blown away i became obsessed awesome album number nine
1: I against eye by bad brains Bad Brains is one of the original, we're talking again about kind of starting genres. Yep. Bad Brains was this cool fucking mesh of punk, hip hop, hardcore. Jazz, fusion,
0: reggae. (laughs) Such
1: a weird combo that just is so fun to listen to. If somebody was to explain it to you, you'd be like, good God, how could that be
0: fun to listen to at all?
1: But then it comes on and
0: it's awesome. That's funny you say that. In the first wave of prepping, right up until the point to where we were going to record and then we had to call it off, I didn't like this album. I knew it should be on the top 10. I didn't care for it. I've been listening to it since. I almost feel like it should be higher up on the list. And I fucking love it now. Both
1: these albums, the Atomizer and Eye Against Eye,
0: I've been... God, maybe these should be higher. I know. We already kind of finalized things and I'm like, Yeah. yeah. But... I absolutely love this album. The guitar yep. playing is ridiculous. And talk about influence. The number of people who covered <laughs> yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. Jeff Buckley covered a song. Mm-hmm. The Cro-Mags covered a song from this. Oh, did they? I see influence in Sublime. I see influence yeah. in Rage yep. Against the Machine. Fishbone. and, and- Fishbone yeah faith no more and faith no more for sure yeah so much stuff that comes after this like that next wave and this was the album that solidified for me that this is the peak of the 80s it's one of the focal points of change yeah it really is number
1: seven which now i feel kind of bad because this is not an influential album it's just a good album it's not
0: no it's just good 5150
1: yeah it's a good album. It's fun there's not any bad songs on it no though.
0: i don't feel like there's a bad track on here it's a little safe it's very safe in spots but it has tracks like the title track like Fifty One Fifty, it's mm-hmm. fucking insane van halen intro before it kicks into the it's groove van halen. yeah i mean there's still yeah there's still van halen on insane it.
1: musicians and one of if not the greatest guitar player of all time
0: best of both worlds was the first song i attempted to learn on guitar how'd that go not good <laughs>
1: So you were trying either Best of Both Worlds or Betancourt? We know Betancourt, (laughs) yeah. You idiot. (laughs) You're supposed to start with Come As You Are, dumbass. (laughs) Number seven was not on my list. And then Evil said a couple very, very simple facts about this album, which made me say, oh, shit. Okay, well, let me go try it again. And about two songs in, about one wikipedia paragraph <laughs> and i messaged him back and said okay yeah this needs to be on it and that's a uh, rain in blood by slayer it's
0: slayer <laughs>
1: it's, it's rick rubin and yes. slayer fucking came out through def jam it's <laughs> what you were saying with perhaps three of the best metal albums coming out in one year right this
0: album's awesome slayer is slayer they've always been slayer yes. they always will be slayer even though they're, though they're retired if Tom Brady can come out of retirement, so can Slayer, you know? And this album was like an uppercut to the music industry. I think a lot of that is in thanks to Rick yes, Rubin, too. absolutely. He
1: knew exactly what they needed to bring them into yep. massive, massive
0: popularity. As like a big metalhead, I'm not an enormous Slayer fan, but this album is, it's iconic. It is. I don't listen to Rain and Blood a ton, but I hear it through Everything else that I listen to. And think about listening to that for the first time in 1986. Yeah. And how much that would have melted your face off. That is a good segue. We're all about segues tonight.
1: The segues are going great. Real proud of this. <laughs> Into a band and album that is probably responsible for a lot of the music I listen to, which is The Queen is Dead by the Smiths. I think a lot. If you ask a lot of deep '80s music fans, they would say that this is probably the Smiths' best album. Mm. It's not my favorite. It's "The Queen Is Dead" by the Smiths. It's it's (laughs) like you. It's "Rain and Blood" by Slayer. It's "The Queen Is Dead" by the Smiths. It's one of the biggest post-punk '80s Brit rock albums there is it's fucking morrissey and it's morrissey in his prime
0: really yes i'd never listened to the whole thing before i wasn't expecting much and i listened to it and i'm like that should be on the top 10 it has a quality about it that yeah. like you just
1: know you know number five which we've already talked about plenty is control by janet jackson it's just a great album and it deserves to be yeah. definitely deserves to be in the top five for sure. Number four, which we haven't really talked about,
0: I know surprisingly. You remember who I
1: had my story about how I was bummed out, and then Run DMC came on, and I was like, okay, in 1986 isn't that bad? And then mixing in with it, "Licensed to Ill" by the Beastie Boys, some songs came on from that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, here's 1986. <laughs> this is 1986. So yeah, number four is "Licensed to Ill" by the Beastie Boys. This is I don't know like the little brother of Raising Hell by Run DMC. Oh,
0: completely. It's great. It's so clever to have a song like Fight for Your Right to Party with Carrie King from Slayer playing guitar on and then Girls on the same album. Before I, I went down the metal rabbit hole, the narrative had changed to a very Rick Rubin-centric one. This is actually the cutting-edge music of the time. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Rhyming and stealing, she's crafty. Slow ride, girls. You got to fight for your right. No sleep till Brooklyn. Paul Revere, Brass Monkey, Brass Monkey. Time to get ill. All from this fucking album. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's number four. Number three. I don't know how the fuck this happened, but it did. Okay, I'm, I blame evil, and I'm fine with it. Uh, number three is "So" by Peter Gabriel. We talked about this for two hours and made an episode about it. So we don't really need to keep talking about it. Honestly, if we wouldn't have had that episode, it would probably be number two, yeah. possibly number I one, agree. because I probably Maybe would have one. fought for it a lot harder. So we're good with it being number three. Number two, which we've also talked about a bunch, Raising Hell by Run DMC. It's one of the best hip hop albums of all time. And the only reason that it didn't get number one is is because number one is probably the best metal album of all time, and that yeah. is Master of Puppets by Metallica. Honestly, those top three are completely
0: interchangeable to me. Yeah, 100%. You could even say the top five are, yes. just for, yeah. to include all perspectives. That's
1: actually true. If somebody came up to me and said the best albums in order for 1986 are Control, Licensed, Ill, So, Raising Hell, Master of Puppets, I would say, oh, okay, I can yeah, get behind no, that. Yeah, no,
0: that's... Yep. That was easy. Context is is key here in how relevant the music from those five albums were at the time. Yeah. All five of those albums, all 10 of these albums, mind-blowing And albums. I do really like how
1: eclectic it is. Right. Those five yeah. albums are extremely different from one another. We have one thing left to do. We have to rank the years that we've done so far.
0: Oh, I thought we had to make a big apology to Paul Simon fans out
1: there. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> How many people are screaming at the podcast that Graceland Graceland! isn't on there? And I want everybody to know from the bottom of my heart that neither of us had it on our original top 10. I know. <laughs> I, the first thing I said was, I love that neither of us have Graceland on the top 10. I have
0: nothing against that album at all.
1: I'm kind of the same way, but I, there is a little bit of me with Graceland. That I don't get it. You know, I listened to it again, prepping for this and I, I don't get it. So somebody make me I get think it.
0: So world music play with musicians from Africa sort of thing. I think Peter Gabriel did that better with so and in a more authentic way.
1: I would ag- I would agree. Personally. Let the booze rain down.
0: <laughs> we're going to get we're going to get some emails about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am going to go first. My ratings have changed every single time that we've done this and they've changed again because I have my big scope glasses wow. on now. And I'm not overthinking it. Unfortunately, my least favorite of the four, which isn't saying much because the other three are actually a pretty big deal, is 1986. Mm -hmm. That is my fourth favorite of the years we've done. My third is 1997, recognizing that that's probably a lot more because of nostalgia. Yeah. The Everclear effect, I'll call it. 1978 is my second Ooh. favorite. And 69 is my favorite. Taking a step back and looking at the whole picture... The music from 1969 is just so unbelievably heavily amazing. Uh,
0: what about you? 97 is at the bottom of my list. There's a nostalgia factor for sure, but I have a much higher nostalgia factor for 86 than 97. So it's at the yeah. bottom. I'm actually, this is might be an unpopular position. And maybe it's just because it's so far removed, but 69 is going to be my number three. Mm-hmm. This one's going to be my number two. And 78 is my number one. That one's going to be hard to beat. That's exactly what I thought. I you have an idea of a year or two that could beat it.
1: <laughs> That's 1986. Let us know how we did, what you think, what top 10 we missed, how pissed off you are about Graceland not being on <laughs> there. Paul.
0: That's a good album. It really is. And we didn't. I <laughs> know, it's okay. I almost forgot to mention it too. Come back next week. Rachel and I are doing a good old fashioned album
1: exchange. You remember in season one, Sven and I would swap albums that we'd listen to and want the other to listen to. Ooh, that's dirty. Exactly. Rachel Mm -hmm. and I are doing that this time. VerseCourseVerse.com at VerseCourseVersePod. Go listen to some Metallica. Go listen to some Peter Gabriel. Go listen to some Run DMC. Yes. It's fun. I promise. It is. It's fun. Funnest year. Mm -hmm. The year of fun. That will be the name of this Mm -hmm. episode. Drink every time we say fun. (laughs) I should have said that at the beginning and have fun
0: while you're drinking
1: evil you're the man thank you very much all right everybody good night and good luck good
0: night